Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to Hub City Homers, episode 28. We are here as basketball winds down its regular season and baseball ramps up its own regular season. Texas Tech completed the perfect home slate the first time since 1996 and the first time in the USA going undefeated at home. Quite an accomplishment for Mark Adams in year one and quite a testament to where the program is. That was done by knocking off the Kansas State Wildcats and what was a surprisingly physical, or I shouldn't say surprisingly physical, surprisingly close game. Um, the Wildcats pushed Tech all the way down to the final minutes of the game and had a chance to knock off the higher-rated Red Raiders. But Tech secures the win, and thus quite the historic accomplishment. They still have one more game to play, though. They have to travel to Oklahoma State and look to sleep, sweep the Cowboys. Uh, uh, yet another uh, Big 12 matchup that I'm sure will be far closer than it needs to be on the road. Afterwards, we are officially in postseason. It is now March 1st. So we're in March. The postseason is upon us the most important sporting event or most fun sporting event in all of, you know, major athletics is about to begin, that being March Madness. So we're going to talk a bit about that as well. We're also going to have some talk about baseball. Like I said, their season is ramping up. As of today, they're eight games in. The Red Raiders kept a perfect home streak. They had some struggles early on in the global life competition, and they just knocked off DBU in a uh, extra innings game that was – uh, a one-run victory for Tech in the end in Dallas and what sounded like a very pro Red Raider crowd. Um, so let's go ahead and get started tonight. We're going to start by looking at the Kansas State game, kind of examining that one in, in, it, in a, at a micro level before we start talking bigger trends in the regular season. Um, guys, you know, you're, you're looking at what happened in Kansas State. I'll let, I'll let Jack, you're going to take this one first. Uh, Kevin McCullers out, Daniel Bacho's out, um, you know, 
Bryson Williams, Davion Warren. There are a lot of guys who are impressive in this matchup. But what was somebody? Who was somebody in this game that really stood out to you as you know giving Tech quality minutes that maybe um, hasn't hasn't done so for a good stretch of this season? Uh, I think I'll probably speak for a few of us, if not all of us. Uh, and saying that KJ Allen really has stepped up and uh, with Daniel Bacho missing a few games here before the postseason, uh, you know, ramps up. Uh, I, I think I saw somewhere where he had, you know, six points and eight rebounds in 19 minutes. Uh, I'm sure that I'm pretty sure that was by far the most minutes he's played this year. Uh, if not, maybe it was on Saturday in the loss to TCU, but um you know, he's been playing really great. I, I know that towards the end of the game, he was a little slow on some of the switches defensively. But, you know, we all have to remember he's still learning this system and he's still learning how to, uh, you know, guard these uh, or stay in front of these guards, not just be a big body down low on the bigs uh, for other teams. I think he's put in a lot of good minutes. He's diving on the floor for loose balls. And he's just really impressed me as of late. Uh, if you would have asked me before, I kind of would have leaned f- in thinking that he might have been heading elsewhere after this season just because he hasn't had a whole lot of playing time. Uh, he was, I imagine at one point he probably had the least amount of minutes other than uh, maybe Buzo of the guys that have seen the floor consistently. And I was really kind of thinking that, you know, he might go somewhere else, but I think these past few games and, you know, seeing himself succeed in this system has really, uh, you know, boosted his confidence. And, you know, with that Mark Adams confidence in him, KJ was going to be my choice as well. Um, I will go with somebody else here in a minute, but I do want to say is, you know, biggest thing with KJ Allen is just like, he's just a little big right now. Um, you know, the athleticism's there. You can see all the raw explosiveness, but he, he resembles more like, you know, like people's caricature of Zion Williamson than he does a big that can work in this offense right now. You know, he's just, he's just a little bit slow. He wears out. The conditioning's not there. Um, but you can see where it's going. You can see how explosive he can be. He's starting to find his touch around the rim, being able to finish. He's fighting for rebounds. He plays hard. I think, you know, you never want anybody to get hurt. And Bacho being so important to a lot of what Tech's done this year. Um, you know, he's giving you some high-quality minutes, so at his expense is unfortunate. But it is good to see for the future that K.J. Allen looks like the kind of guy who can step in and start, you know, being one of these forwards, maybe maybe a, a – a, eventually a guy kind of like what Bryson Williams has became over his career. You know, Bryson's kind of one of a kind, but KJ Allen has a lot of that raw, just physical dominance to his game that if he can hone it and craft it and shape his body in, in the college weight program and, and get his, uh, get his uh, conditioning up, he's going to be dangerous. Um, guy I want to highlight is Malik Wilson. I think that, you know, Malik Wilson's last block aside, which was the deciding factor, that three-point block, and almost certainly was a shooting foul. Um, that aside, I think Malik Wilson's defense has continued to be one of the most underrated aspects of this of this Tech team. You know, it, he, he's, he's got such great hands. He harasses uh, ball handlers up and down the court. He's always going to get steals. He's 
you know, he finds ways to get blocks. He's just, he, he, he is a kind of guy that Mark Adams really, you know, I imagine has to really enjoy just because, um, he embodies so much of what the program wants you to be. He reminds me a lot of like Matt Mooney. If you took away Mooney's like three point shooting, right? Like Malik Wilson's probably still developing as a scorer, but, um, Tech really needs him to be a guy who can go out and go take the ball away, who can get in passing lanes, who can really harass people. And that combined with what Davion Warren's doing has given Tech quite the quite the beyond ball defense from its guards. And I think that's a big help. Um, Kendall, what about you? What are your thoughts? Um, I actually think that yesterday the biggest difference maker down the stretch uh, was Davion Warren. And I think that uh, just his veteran presence yesterday – really help Tech uh, end up coming back at the end there and uh, sealing the victory. He has been up and down all season, and uh, there's starting to be a little more consistency from him on the offensive end. Uh, you know, he ta- like everyone in our starting lineup has taken some questionable shots at times this year, but, uh, you know, when Tech has needed a bucket this year, one thing I've noticed is he's not afraid to kind of just put his head down and drive and uh, – really just go force a shot if he needs to and just try to get something going. And that was no different uh, yesterday. But, you know, what you said about Malik, I think it's really good for him to the minutes he's getting right now, but to also just be learning from uh, these guards like Kevin uh, Adonis and Davion. I think uh, he's just picking up a lot of good skills from those guys because last year if you guys remember he uh was at louisiana and he won uh their conferences uh freshman of the year like he wasn't a slouch last year he was averaging double digits points per game uh but obviously coming here he knew he was gonna have to play at a higher level more consistently and that injury earlier in the season didn't really help his progression but now we're really starting to see how valuable he is just because teams that do run smaller lineups and have smaller guards can give tech some issues just because of how quick they are. And I think that's one thing that stood out to me yesterday against K state. And even in the first game, uh, you know, Mark McGurl, he hit us with a lot of deep shots and a lot of stuff around the rim that, uh, we just need a smaller, quicker guy. And I think Malik and Clarence both, uh, have really stepped up into that role nicely and I think come March, uh, really our on-ball defense is going to save us in a lot of games. And Davion and Malik are right at the center of that. Reed, lastly, your thoughts. You know, who was somebody that stood out to you in this game? We've gotten a lot of good answers so far. I'm curious to see where you go with it. Yeah, I think you all kind of, you know, taken the obvious answers. But, uh, you know, I'll kind of ride on ride on the horse of the consistent presence we've had all year, and, and Bryson Williams. Uh, you know, I, I went to the game last night, and just just seeing how easily he can he can score from 15 feet in is it's kind of unbelievable, honestly. You know, I, I don't really think people understand how good he is at what he does. Um, we're we're gonna miss the heck out of him next year for sure. Uh, down low, I mean, for for a guy that has that much presence down low and can can score from outside as well is hard to find um you know if we can get him and O'Banner going at the same time uh and kind of hitting their stride scoring and defensively I, I think it's going to be hard to stop down the stretch um going into the postseason 
for a lot of teams to kind of game plan because, you know, Kevin O'Banner sits in the corner a lot, but he can also score down low and get rebounds just as easily as anybody else can. Um, you know, I, as a team collectively, um, it's, it's, it's easy to see how far this team can go uh, when everybody hits their stride. I just don't think we, we've done that yet, which is kind of what makes it exciting to, you know, can kind of watch uh, each game, see different people step up and, and do certain things. So um, I think that just goes to show, you know, everybody, all of us in this chat right now answering this question have a different answer. I think that's a good sign, um, you know, for, for a team to have. Uh, I also wanted to kind of just throw one more thing in there that I forgot to say, but um, for how much everybody has gotten on him, I think uh, TJ really yesterday, I know he didn't score a lot, but um, what he's starting to do to me, especially with Kevin McCuller out, is actually what uh, Kev usually does a lot of, in my opinion. I think that TJ has been a lot better with some of his decision-making. Uh, he hasn't been as selfish with the ball. And when he's been in there, uh, it's been really obvious that our offense is, to me, it looked a lot better when TJ was in there yesterday because he was just able to uh, just create more space for uh, other guys like Davion and even Bryson down low just because of the attention that uh, he requires. And I think that uh, once we start to get healthy and hopefully by the Big 12 tournament, uh, we have everyone all healthy together so we can go into March Madness with a little more consistency in our lineup. But uh, I'll be interested to see just how well that TJ is really able to step up as we get down the stretch here. I think that he, I've said all season that I think that he's kind of the X factor. And I still think he is because yesterday that one of the commentators, I can't remember which one it was said that uh, tech doesn't have a player that can just go like a guard that can just go get them a bucket whenever they need it. But I actually, I disagree with that pretty heavily because we've seen TJ and when he's fully healthy and when he's able to, drive the ball downhill and we've also seen Kevin McCuller when he is healthy what he can do in the mid-range uh, I think those two right there a lot of people are going to be worried about yesterday's game uh, and how close it was but I really think that um, we're really underestimating the impact of us not having our full lineup out there just because uh, our lineup has been at its best when uh, Kev is out there and I think we've actually hurt a lot defensively from missing him too. But TJ has kind of helped fill some of his role that uh, we usually miss when Kev was out. And we haven't seen much from uh, both of them together when they're both completely healthy. It's always one or the other has been dinged up all season. So if Kev is healthy going in to the tournament and TJ is kind of at 100%, I'll be interested to see what our lineups are, but those two are definitely going to have possibly the biggest impact for this team this March. Yeah, I do want to point out something to everybody uh, who, who's going to be listening to this episode. And, you know, it, it, it is a long shot, but it, it does appear, you know, barring something pretty wild that um, TCU should be able to close this one out. Uh, well, 47 seconds left up five crazier stuff has happened. We will see um, how this goes. Uh, it, it, regardless of the outcome of that game, though, it is kind of funny to me that despite, you know, Tech having dropped really 
I think the count is like three or four um, games you, you you would really want to have gotten back that you are a, more or less potentially one game out from being in the big being a a a uh, a share of the Big Twelve title situation. But you know, I I, I think Reed mentioned something that's been a, a common trend this season. And I do want to talk about it. We're going to kind of move into looking at Oklahoma State here in a minute, but I do want to point out that, you know, there is something to be said about the fact that Tech does not have a guy. It has a group of guys. You know, Bryson Williams is consistently dominant and probably one of the most overall physically dominant players the Big 12 seen in a long time. I mean, he's just a matchup nightmare. and He's going to give you 15 a game. But Tech has had every, it's seemingly almost every week, you know, it's somebody new. It's Adonis Arms, it's Shannon, it's McCuller. Warren Wilson Naldoni gave you a couple great games out of literally nowhere that were critical to getting big wins and big situations, um, especially when you were shorthanded. And I think that speaks to the, the just the depth that Mark Adams prioritized. He found the kind of team he wanted to build. He, you know, we're going to get long, we're going to get lengthy. You know, we're gonna we're not going to be the world's greatest shooters, especially with Sadar Calhoun transferring out and our banner in a slump. But what we're gonna do is we're just gonna we're gonna have a bunch of guys who, when they get going, they get downhill, they can give you fifteen to twenty on any given night, and we're gonna build around that. We're gonna be a team, and that that that's something that has allowed Tech to survive. Some guys go through slumps, like O'Banner slumped eighty percent of this season. You know, there's been games where he's just a non-factor outside of rebounding the ball, which is great. He's found his role. That's another part of this is you can't have these different guys do this. Everybody else isn't willing to find their role. You know, when Aldoni's going off, that means, you know, your traditional guards aren't getting as many minutes or as many touches. And they, they're, this team is more than willing to get out of everybody's way and let it happen. So, you know, that, that that's something I, I think that's worth highlighting. Uh, but pivoting to Oklahoma State, it has been a very long time since Tech has seen the Cowboys um, Oklahoma State is, of course, banned from the postseason, uh, even including the Big 12 tournament. The Pokes are 13 and 15. Let's face it, they just aren't very good. However, they it's it's the Big 12. Anybody can beat you on a given night. And you are going to an arena that Tech, you know, it's it's not one that Tech can really afford to overlook. Um, Oklahoma State has a tough little venue when the fans show up. It's a weird style venue. They kind of built around the old gym, so they're right on top of you. It can be a pretty hostile place to play, even with smaller crowds. Um, Tech, I wouldn't say has had the same level of road struggles that most have pointed to. I think that's reality in basketball, is you will lose a lot of games on the road. So I'm not saying Tech is unique, but there have been moments where Tech has really looked you know, out of sorts on the road. This is a game you really want to win. You're trying to desperately see if you can sneak back into the two-seat conversation. Lynn already has you right up there. Bracket Matrix, which is far more important, rates you as a 2.8 seed, which means you are rated more as a three seed than a two. Guys, it's looking at Oklahoma State. I'm going to let Reed go first since he got the short end of the stick last time and put last. Reed, what's your key to the game for knocking off the Cowboys and avoiding an, an upset to close out the regular season? Yeah, I think there's kind of some some numerous routes you can take. Uh, as you, as you mentioned, Oklahoma State does not have a postseason, so this is their this is their final game of the year. Uh, no matter what, uh, they can't even play in the Big Twelve tournament uh, the following week, uh, which is which is tough for them. You know, uh, the allegations that, that kind of came out, or you know, from five years ago, whenever it was, that didn't even involve anyone on the staff or the team. So. Uh, it's unfortunate, but at the same time, you know, they're they're going to give you, you know, everything they got to try and win that game to kind of go out with, you know, their seniors and whoever's not coming back for next season. Uh, they're going to do everything they can to try and beat you on their home floor for sure. 
Um, you know, I, I'd say kind of some some big takeaways just from playing there in the past. Um, not that they necessarily do it really well. I don't know off the top of my head what they shoot from three. Um, but I just feel like just watching in the past, we, we just don't play well there for whatever reason. Um, just from what I can remember, it seems like just flashing back to like Marcus Smart days and stuff like that. I feel like we, they'd always just find a way to drill threes on us, you know, like crazy for whatever reason there. Um, so I'd say limit the three the best you can. Uh, you know, that's pretty much the whole reason Kansas State was in the game with you the other day as well. You know, their guards were hitting threes all over the place on you. Um, so if, if you're able to limit threes to an extent, I don't think there's any way Oklahoma State can, can stay with you. Um, you know, they've they've kind of got five guys that they roll with the whole way. And that's really, I mean, that's what Kansas State did yet last night as well. They had five dudes that played almost the entire game. Um, you know, if they hit the groove, then they can hit shots. They can, you know, make good passes, get steals, whatever. Um, you know, I have a feeling there's going to be a good crowd there too with it being – you know, the last game of the season. Um, I, outside of the takeaways, I would say, you know, try and try something different, try and get Kevin O'Banner going. Like you said, he's been in a slump, I'd probably say, a majority of the year uh, for the most part, really. We've seen glimpses of him, you know, shoot the ball well and, and move and get his touches and all that. But if he could do that consistently, I think it'd, it'd be kind of a matchup nightmare for a lot of teams in, in tournament. Kevin O'Banner is having a tough year, guys. I mean, like, if if, he, if you look at his play, I don't think he's ever let it get to him most of the time. But I think lately I've seen him. He, it's not that he's disengaged. It's that you can tell that this is weighing on him. You know, he came to Tech to boost his NBA draft stock because he was going to be the team's a, a presumed effective three-point scoring threat, your long ball specialist, a guy who's going to help you provide a lot of scoring. And, you know, his his primary function has been second chance baskets, rebound the ball. And there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, I think that could help his draft stock to show that he can go fight underneath with the big boys at his size because he is not, a, you know, a true center, true forward size. But, you know, he has to be frustrated. So for me, I don't think Oklahoma State should beat you if you just play your basketball. I've said that a lot this year, but Oklahoma State's not a good basketball team. No, they're they're just not talented. I don't. I, I, some people think Boynton's a good coach. Others don't. Look, he had Cade Cunningham and effectively did nothing with that. So I, I'm not on the Boynton fan, fan train. But regardless of your opinion on coaching, they're just not a very good basketball team this year. That's a tough situation. The NCAA definitely screwed them over. This is their Super Bowl, and they're going to play like they'd have like no tomorrow. But I think if Tech plays its game, it'll win. So that means for me, I want to see Tech prioritize the things you haven't done very well this year. Um, you haven't you haven't done a good job feeding Bryson Williams. You know, Bryson Williams has done a great job getting open, getting his own shot. But Tech needs to work on manufacturing touches for him in the paint, getting the ball in places he can score. And then when teams are crashing and collapsing on him, to double team kicking it out. So that's one area I really want to see is is better ball movement, better manufacturing the ball to Williams, better outlet uh, opportunities for outlet passes off of that. Um, my second big area is I really want to see. Um, Davion Warren, if, if he could do anything to improve his game, it's to drive under control. I think he, he's got to take on more and more of a role of a scorer since TJ's still, I think, out of sorts. Um, and you're going to need his scoring in the dance. But you also need him to not turn the ball over four to five times a game. He can't just run into the paint and get stuck. 
You know, like that that can't be that can't be something he's doing, you know, night in, night out. He was great, but guys, he was still if you look at the the advanced analytics from that game, I mean, Davion Warren grades out as like the second, no, excuse me, the least valuable player on the court. He was minus eleven the plus minus. And a lot of that is because he does have four turnovers and you know, he he wasn't um and he doesn't offset that any with, uh, 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 I think he has one assist. So like, he's just not, it was great to see him hit some of those tough shots and it's great to know that he can score, but we need, we need him to do more. This team needs him to do more, especially if Kevin McCullough is not healthy as well. You know, he's got to eat Kevin McCullough's minutes and really give you that kind of production. His defensive game is there. He's a hard player. The scoring's there. We just got to see him play a bit more under control. And lastly, what I'm looking for in this game is I really want to see Tech play motivated for 40 minutes. Um, against TCU, you, you didn't play half a basketball. Against Kansas State, I felt like there were times where Kansas State wanted it so much more than you. And I, I, I just think that I want to see Tech heading into March, engaged, working on themselves. Look, I understand this is a tough time of year if you're a higher-seeded team. You know, if you know you're going dancing because then you're playing for theoretical seeding, you don't even know if you can get it. But, you know, work on you, play smart, and if there is any justice in this world, Tech will get healthy and stay healthy. Um, but, Jack, Jack, you're up. What, 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 are you, what are you looking for in this game? Uh, from This may sound kind of generic or anything, I'm really worried about us on the road playing down to our opponents. Uh, it happened pretty much in every game that we've lost that we should have won on the road. Uh, I mean, at Kansas State, at TCU, uh, just just to name a couple. Uh, you really have played down to your opponents on the road, and it's it's disturbing, but at the same time, you – take solace in knowing that after this game, you don't have any more road games. It's truly neutral sites uh, for the rest of the way out. That's really all I have. Uh, everyone has mentioned really good, uh, really good stuff, you know, from getting O'Banner going to uh, contesting the three ball, all of this stuff needs to happen and it needs to happen for us to make a deep run into March, not just to get this win against Oklahoma state. Uh, but I do, I do want to touch on again, just to reiterate, this is their Super Bowl. This is their national championship. This is their last game of the year. They, they don't have the luxury of going to the Big 12 tournament or the NCAA tournament or even the NIT. So this is all they have. This is it for them. So they're, I guarantee you they're going to try and play spoiler for the number 12 team in the country that's coming in for their last game that's possibly overlooking because of they're worrying about their seed. I think that's what cost us against TCU. I kind of think we overlooked them. And I think Kansas overlooked them tonight. And as we speak, you know, TCU ends up beating Kansas by 10 tonight. So it makes our loss look less bad. Yes. But at the same time, it shows that you, you truly can't overlook anyone in this league on any given night. And it's, and we've seen it the last Two games, TCU and TCU and Kansas State. While in their own respects, are they're decent ball clubs, and you know they're they're sub five hundred in Big Twelve play, or maybe I don't even know if TCU is anymore. They might be five hundred now, but um, you know I think you put these teams in any other league across the country, I think they're towards the top. 
And just just because of how hard they play and their hard nosed style of ball, I think that it's a da- it's a dangerous it's it's a trap game is what it is. It is a trap game, and I think that for Tech to win this, they need to touch on everything that we've said. But just don't play down to your opponent. Just go out there and play your style of basketball, like we've said. Play your style of basketball. Just keep attacking from the opening tip to the final whistle, and you should win this game. Theoretically, you should win this game by 15 points. Kendall, I'll let you close out this topic. What are your keys? What are you kind of looking for in this game? Honestly, you guys hit a lot of the things that I would have said, but uh, kind of just talking about like the road struggles. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I think that a lot of our road struggles have kind of been, I guess, a little overemphasized in my opinion because I think it's more we just have a lot of cold shooting games uh, on the road. I personally don't think we take bad shots. Uh, I don't think that we uh, make a, like insanely worse decisions on the road. Uh, like TCU, we did turn the ball over quite a bit more, but our other road losses, uh, it has been a lot of just shots not falling. Like shots that typically, you know, our guys are going to make nine times out of ten. Like we just, for some reason, when we're on the road, some things just don't fall. And uh, I think the past couple road games, uh, Tech has gotten a lot better during stretches when their shot is not falling. Uh, when we have those scoreless droughts, uh, it came back to bite us against TCU. But, you know, we saw what we can be on the road against Texas, uh, against Kansas even, and against Baylor. Like, we know I'm not ready to say that it's just straight-up road struggles because we, we've we competed with much better teams. And Jack said we played down to our competition, and uh, I agree with that. But the thing about this Oklahoma State team is – not only they haven't really they've had extra motivation all season and it's not like they really need any more like they have a top 15 team coming into their home arena um and they're probably in my opinion outside of tech they might be the hardest playing team in the big 12 because you know they every single game they could that when they get down they could just roll over and kind of get their ass kicked and it wouldn't matter because you know, they don't have anything to play for. But right now, you're looking at a team that in a lot of their Big 12 games, uh, they've been right there for most of the game. And uh, I don't expect that to change against Tech. I think it's going to be a much closer game than we want because, you know, we all, Tech has struggled mightily recently going uh, to Stillwater. Uh, recently, it's been just the normal thing of we can't make shots, but that's another thing I wanted to just the whole not making shots. Uh, We've had that issue on the road, not just this season, but you know, it just seems like even with our best teams, uh, whenever we went on the road, there's just a lot of issues and without any like top three point shooter or top, you know, we don't necessarily have one elite shot creator, like, like a Matt Mooney or a, Jarrett Culver, so our offense does struggle a little bit more at times. But um, I just – I would look for this team to just win. That's 
at the end of the day, that's all that matters to me. I know it's not going to be pretty. It never has been. Uh, but I just, I just would like to win. And possibly if we can avoid playing uh, Iowa State or Kansas State in the first round of the Big 12 tournament, uh, I would also prefer that. But uh, mostly Iowa State because they're just insane in KC and that's looking like that could be our matchup right now. So um, I'm just hoping we can win, see maybe a loss from another loss from Kansas and possibly one from Baylor. And, you know, maybe we can have an outside shot at a big uh, share of the Big 12 title on Saturday. But uh, you guys really covered a lot of the bases, though. There's just um, all season we've talked about kind of some inconsistencies away from the USA. But ultimately, last road game of the year after Saturday, it's a whole new season. Nobody's going to care about what your record is on the road or what your record is at home. Uh, you know, it's just let's win, get it on the resume and keep playing for that two seed and hope everything goes our way and, uh, get ready for the big 12 tournament. We're going to close the current season out with our last basketball regular season predictions. I'll take the start. Um, you know, I think this is a statement game for Tech. I think you win this one by 15 minimum. So I'm going to give the Red Raiders a 73-58, one last sub-60 performance, you know, from the defense and some good offensive basketball. Tech controls, leads early and often, games never really in doubt. Uh, we are going to pivot after this to just kind of summing up the regular season, but I'd love to get your guys' take with your last predictions for the regular season. Jack, you know, who, who, who's winning this game? Tech wins. Uh, I think it's closer than people think. Uh, I think, again, uh, like uh, Kendall said, you know, we've kind of struggled in Stillwater recently. Uh, but I think, I think Tech wins uh, probably about – I'll go 65 to – 58. Reed, what's your last prediction? Yeah, I'm kind of going to go along the lines with Jack on this one for sure. Uh, you know, this, like we've all said, this is Oklahoma State Super Bowl. You know, they, they've got nothing left in the tank after this. So I, th- I think it's going to be a dogfight the whole way. Um, there's a couple of guys on that team that can get hot and hit shots. So uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to go 62-59 Red Raiders in a close one. And lastly, Kendall, you'll get the last prediction of our regular season. Kind of wild we're already here. Um, you know, it's going to be just a dogfight like every other Big 12 game. Uh, I think that Tech will have opportunities to pull away. It's just a matter of if they take them. Uh, I see this ending up like 66 to 60. Uh, if a team's going to break 70, I think it's going to be, be Tech just because, like Mike said earlier, uh, Oklahoma State just doesn't have the talent that matches up with uh, Tech, and I think at the end that's going to be what kind of kills them. All right, so we have closed out now um, the regular season in a way. Um, you know, we obviously want to see what plays out of Oklahoma State. Um, 
I tweeted about this in the Viva account, but we, we, we're seeing some interesting things here. Kansas loses your game back. Baylor and Kansas have games left. Um, I'm not saying it's likely or even better than like a 5% chance, but it could happen. You know, you could, you could stumble backwards into the big 12 championship with some help from Iowa state and slash or, uh, and TC or Texas. Um, it, you know, you, you only need, Baylor to lose, you need Kansas to lose one more, and if you take care of business, it's yours. That would be the, the you know the cherry on top of this season. But you know we're not done making the ice cream yet. Um, you, you you look to the NCAA tournament and the Big Twelve tournament first, but the NCAA tournament most importantly. And we're starting to get into that sense of where everybody's kind of shaking out. So the question I'm going to pose to you guys before we shift to baseball and close out this episode is kind of at the macro level. Um, looking at this regular season in a whole, assessing where Tech is, you know, where sh- where ought Tech be seated? Not not what they're gonna be, you know, not what the committee's gonna do. What what did they earn? You know, where do they stack up amongst the the, the top teams as we head into the postseason? Um, Reed, I'll let you go first with this one. Just you know, what you, you, your thoughts on when you look at you know the top 10, 15 teams. You know, is Tech a title contender? Is this a pretender? I mean, what, what are you seeing from this squad? Where, where, how do they match up? And where, where should they be seated if all things are equal? Yeah, I, I mean, if, if you reach potential, I definitely think you're a, you're a title contender. Uh, it's just a matter of if, if you can hit your stride when you need to and you guys, you know, do the things they need to in order to, to beat teams in the tournament. Um, ultimately, I, I think you're going to end up a three seed. Uh, I think you've lost too many games, particularly, I mean, on the road, obviously, that you, you just don't look good. Uh, in, in my opinion, I think that 70-55 loss at Oklahoma is going to sting pretty bad uh, when it comes time to, you know, kind of look at your seeding and stuff. I mean, obviously, we have beaten – uh, so, some pretty good teams. I think it is evident, kind of what Jack and Kendall were saying. We've, you know, we've played down to our opponents, unfortunately, uh, a, few, a few too many times this season. And I think that's what's going to keep you from getting to that two line. Uh, had had you beat TCU the other day, I think there'd be a good case for 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 a two. Um, but I think that ultimately took you out of it. Um, you know, almost a hundred percent, in my opinion. You know, unless you go to Kansas City and win the whole thing, then then obviously I think that makes a case for a two. But uh, you know, typically we're not a we're not a huge threat in the Big Twelve tournament, which is okay. I don't particularly mind. You know, just kind of playing it easy, and win win a game or two, and get out. You know, kind of save your legs, let the teams that want to win it go win it. Not saying I'm I'm gonna be mad if we go and win it either. Um, but you know, I think there's pros and cons of of each way for for Tech in that situation. Um, you know, with so many teams in the top 15, even, you know, just a top 25 that, you know, they'll get hot and cold so fast. They could lose to anybody. They could beat anybody. It's hard to really tell who's – well, I mean, what the difference is between one one seeds and, you know, maybe even threes or fours it, it, to a certain extent. Um because I mean, I in my eyes, I don't I don't see Texas as a four seed. Um, you know, I don't I don't think Baylor and Kansas should both be one seeds. Um, you know, there's there's some interesting takes I've seen on on some seeding that I don't necessarily agree with. But you know, at the same time, you got to see how conference tournaments 
play out because you know I don't I don't really know who I see winning the, the Big 12 tournament. I, I think anybody playing in it could could easily win it. So um, it's almost like a mini March Madness, where just whoever gets hot is probably going to win the whole thing. So uh, I think that's what that's what makes it so much fun to watch. You know, I I think like I said, I think Texas would be a three seed, and you know, looking at the resume overall, even though we have beaten some very good teams, um, you know, we've got the best most wins against the top the original top sixteen seeds that were released. With, I believe, uh, I believe it was seven wins. Maybe I might be wrong, but <clears throat> um, you know that looks really impressive on a resume. But those those games that you've, you know, could be should be by games are going to come back to haunt you. I think ultimately and keep you at that three line. I think you're a three, um, just because. Yeah, like you said, you you, you just you lost too many games that you should have won. Um, the TC one stands out in particular, but the Oklahoma one is one I don't want people to forget about. That's a game you just came out and straight up didn't show up at Norman. I mean, oh, you got ridiculously hot. You know, they, they blew you out of the water behind what was the luckiest performance I've seen from any team all season. But, you know, the reality of the situation was you trailed at five at half before that really started to get out of hand because you just didn't ever look like you cared to be there. Um, you didn't ever look like you gave a shit in that game. And that killed you. I think that one more than any game is going to be the reason you you fall to the two seed because that's the loss that you that there is no explanation for. I think if people know the context of Iowa State's lo- the loss in Iowa State, that's easy to explain. The loss to Kansas State's easy to understand. The loss to TCU, well, that, that's an NCAA tournament team in their house. You lost close game. Oh well. The Oklahoma game is one that I, I it's indefensible, and I think that's going to hold you off of it. Um, but the question kind of is. You know, where does Tech stack up for me um, when you're looking at that? It's just, what did you do against the best teams in the conference? And and you play, you know, you play everybody twice. How'd you perform in those games? You went five and one against the three best teams in the conference. And you were a brilliant shot by uh, Abaji away from going six and up. You know, so when you played the best in the biggest moments, you were better than they were. I mean, that that's... I don't want to beat around the bush. You were better than Baylor. You were better than Texas. You were better than Kansas. Um, you know, it does that mean that you're always going to play that way and your health is going to weigh into this a lot? Yeah. I mean, we don't know what McCullough's status is. We still don't really know what's up with Bacho's knee. We don't really know what's up with TJ. We don't really know um, what the timetable is for those guys to come back, how everybody's going to do going forward, et cetera, et cetera. But when you, you, your potential where you stack up against the best teams is I don't, I would argue to the I'm blue in the face that there are not you know five better teams than Tech. Um, that doesn't mean anything. You have to play the games. Tech has lost games. They were better than they were better than TCU by a good degree. They're a lot better than Kansas State. And both of those games are challenges. They're better than Oklahoma and dropped one. Um, but it, it, in basketball, the only way to get an idea of of your potential is to see what you did in the biggest moments and Tech showed up. Um, I'm kind of on Reed's team here with the Big 12 tournament. I don't like the Big 12 tournament. I don't like that the auto bid goes to the tournament champion, but whatever. You know, that that that's kind of, uh, for the Power 5 leagues, it makes no sense. For the mid-majors, it kind of makes a little bit of sense. For the Power 5 leagues, it's, it, 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 or excuse me, for the mid-majors, it makes sense. For the Power 5 leagues, it doesn't make any sense to do it this way. Um, you shouldn't be rewarding Power 5 teams that sucked all season and then sneak their way in. That should be a... Uh, you know, I 
I just I would wish the auto bits were handled differently. By the way, if you haven't seen the West Coast Conference bracket, um, that's one of the craziest brackets I've ever seen. So you know we we may be going to some crazy places with these tournament brackets, but. You know, I don't like it. Tech has historically not performed well in this tournament. You know, even Chris Beard's best teams, I think, all lost in the first or second round. So I don't expect much from Tech in the in the Big 12 tournament. But I think to get to a two seed, you got to win the tournament. Um, you, I, I think that's the only way the committee will will seed you accordingly is if you win the tournament. It'll help. Now, if you get some help from Kansas and Baylor and you end up getting a share of the Big 12 title, that's going to be a big help. But, yeah, I mean, I don't think Kansas and Baylor are both going to be one seed. So one of them is going to get moved down. And, you know, they, they that that's going to push Tech down. You know, and I, we'll see how it all rolls out. But I think in terms of where you stack up against all the teams in the future, I think you're deservedly or potentially is a better word, as good as any of the eight seed, the top eight teams that will be seeded accordingly. Um, and you're going to be the kind of three seed nobody wants. You know, you're going to be the three seed nobody wants to see in their bracket. Um, Kendall. Uh, we'll let you go next. You know, how, where, where, where do you think this all goes as we head into Selection Sunday? Uh, I think that this team at their best is obviously, you know, Final Four team, championship contender. Uh, but the thing I'm worried about this year specifically, um, this is going to be one of the most stacked uh, tournament fields that I've seen in a while. And Tech's biggest issue has been they've been great against the top teams. The problem is they cannot come out sleepwalking, and whether they're a two or whether they're a three, that second game against whatever six or seven seed that they're going to be seeing um, are some of the better six and seven seeds uh, from the last couple tournaments. Um, teams like, you know, that have competed with us, like Iowa State, they're looking like a seven seed. Uh, you have mid-majors like Murray State who – uh, can compete with anyone in the nation. They competed with Auburn on the road earlier this year. They're going to be sitting at a seven seed. Uh, Michigan State and Iowa both going to be competing for the six and seven line. Uh, those are two teams that could be dangerous come March just because they're uh, kind of on different paths, but one's getting hot and one is, was a great team earlier this year in Michigan State, but uh, they've started to kind of slip down the stretch and that's going to lead to them falling down the line but you obviously just don't want to see uh Izzo in March so uh I don't think that our biggest worries are going to come even if we make like the sweet 16 I think that um we'll personally I'll feel more comfortable once tech is kind of gets past the first weekend just because uh you know I think this season we really just showed up when the lights are brightest if that's the way you want to put it like uh you know on the road at Baylor was the first real sign of that obviously winning an MSG was pretty big but we we won ugly in that but you know against Baylor I think we made a statement uh and I think that we should probably be a little more worried about how we've played against specific teams like um you know that TCU team that's another team that could be on the 6 or 7 line that um, are just going to be hell for whatever three or two seed is going to have to see them. But ultimately, Tech at their best is competing for a title. And I actually think that, um, I think that Mark Adams going into the Big 12 tournament, um, you know, I, 
personally think that they're going for the highest possible seed, and they know that at least doing better than Baylor is going to go a long way in determining if we could possibly get a two seed over them. I think possibly getting them in another head-to-head and winning could catapult uh, Tech to a two seed. I think that we're a lot closer to it than what a lot of people were indicating after that TCU loss. Uh, I think that I don't, from everything that I've seen, we really never moved from that nine line. And, uh, you know, Duke has a, you know, I know that there's going to be a lot of hype surrounding it, but Duke still has a tough game against UNC on Saturday that if they drop that, there's no excuse for Duke to still, in my eyes, be over Tech because that uh, North Carolina is not a great team. And that, to me, would be enough to possibly move Tech up if Tech were to handle Oklahoma State. And um, if Tech can do what they do in Kansas City and at least win, you know, two games, and that would include a win over Baylor or if Kansas were to fall to that two seed in Kansas City, uh, that's going to be a much tougher task with the the crowd that Kansas will bring. And that earlier, that's why I said I didn't want to play Iowa State in the first round uh, because of the crowd that Iowa State will bring in, especially if we're playing them at like 6.30 or 8 o'clock at night whenever we would be playing them. But uh, I think that the the Big 12 tournament to me can be important for especially a team like Tech that um, maybe has looked not like themselves the, the last couple games. I think that's a good place to go get some confidence back and kind of get into the groove for March. So I don't want to see our, us kind of just going and sleepwalk because that's what we saw uh, last year going into the tournament. And while we did handle Utah State, um, we got punched in the mouth against Arkansas. And I think that uh, kind of sleepwalking through that Big 12 tournament uh, – because Tech still, I think that year they went to the Final Four. Um, I think they still, if I remember correctly, made it. I think they lost to West Virginia in the semis that year. It might have been. Or that might have been the Elite Eight year. But still, uh, there's much to be said about Tech doing successful in KC and how much that could do for them going into the tournament. And um, I would really just look for... Um, really tech to just compete because I think that that's just been the biggest problem I've had with tech playing in Kansas city in the past. So I just think that um, the way we've been playing tech really needs to go out there and uh, win a couple games going into March, just especially if McCuller is back so he can get his legs back under him. Uh, But it just gives you a couple extra games under your belt. But ultimately if Tech plays the way they should and the way that we know they're how they can, uh, they're obviously a Final Four contender. But I think I said this in our group chat a couple of days ago. I I don't necessarily know that at their best you can argue three teams that are better than Tech, much less five. So, uh, you know, just keep. I'm gonna stay optimistic throughout all of March. I think that we are uh, until something is proven differently. I think we're going to the final four, but um, we could also very well lose in the first round. Uh, I know that's a very much a risk too. So I'm just ready for March, honestly.
Jack, I was going to go to you, but we were running low on time. So what I want to do instead is pivot to baseball uh, and get and get some you know these these last 10, 15 minutes really talk about baseball, which is now ramping up. We're eight games in. You you probably watched as much as anybody. I haven't had much of a chance to watch because I don't pay for flu sports uh, and missed their best competition. But um, what, what are your very early takeaways from what you've seen um, now that Tech's had a chance to get back home to Lubbock and play a few games? I think the biggest takeaway for me so far uh, has been that this team is still trying to mesh together. Uh, yeah, they've played their eighth game today and beat a, beat a good Dallas Baptist team four to three in ten innings. Um, this is definitely still a team that's trying to find their footing in certain areas. Um, there are definitely uh, some pl- more player, more new guys playing than I thought uh, would would be uh, in starting positions at this point in the year. Um, I really, I really thought that you'd see a little bit more run from some of the older guys in this group. And uh, I, I know that. Ty Coleman has come in and had a huge year and he's pretty much solidified himself in that DH spot. Um, he's, he's really taken off. You know, he had, I think he's got two homers and about 12 or 11 or 12 RBIs so far through eight games. Uh, he's pretty much been your best hitter. Kurt Wilson has been very good as well. Uh, Jace is having a little bit of slow start to this season. Uh, nothing really to worry about. Just kind of got to get, uh, just kind of got to get going. You know, the whole country knows about Jace Young now, as opposed to last year. Uh, you know, they knew he, they knew him as Josh's little brother, and now they know him as Jace Young, the one who's going to tear their team to shred their pitching to shreds if they leave a ball over the plate. Uh, so you you have guys that are, uh, you know, purposely throwing uh, high and inside, not to hit him, but to you know, kind of back him off the plate. Uh, so he didn't really see a whole lot of that last year until probably the second half of the year. But uh, the pitching, starting pitching has been okay. Um, you know, Brandon Birdsell has been pretty talented. He's a talented dude. He's been pretty good on the mound so far. Uh, Andrew Morris, the transfer in from Colorado Mesa, has been pitching on Fridays. Uh, he's just gotten a little unlucky here and there, but, you know, his strikeouts are there. So I think he can improve the location a little bit, kind of bring down the walks here and there. And that should uh, straighten itself out. Uh, Mason Molina has been a great in a great spot on the Sunday starter, and uh, today Chase Hampton had a great game in the midweek. Uh, the starting pitching's there. Uh, my one my one gripe, if I had to gripe right now, uh, is the middle relievers uh, out of the bullpen. Uh, Mike, I know you and I have gone back and forth at least the past two seasons, last season and so far starting this season. Uh, about middle relievers and how uh, at times Tech has great middle reliever uh, performances, uh, performances from people like today, like Brendan Gurton. Brendan Gurton had a great day today. Uh, but then again, there are times where they just bring in just the wrong guy at the wrong time. They get ab- just absolutely shelled. And uh, it's a little disturbing at times, but I also think that you're still trying to work out uh, what guys to bring in in certain situations on the, uh, in the game, uh, in the closer spot, it seems to be Trendon parishes to lose. He's coming. I think he already has four, uh, four out of the eight games. He has a save in, uh, the kid can flat out ball. The kid can pitch. He's got a ton of movement. 
and he's got a fire like no other. People are getting pissed when they strike out because he's letting them know about it. And uh, I love that to see that fire from a true freshman 18-year-old uh, straight out of high school. Uh, if you want to go look at a dominant, uh, what dominant high school stats look at, search, Google search Trendon Parish High School, uh, and you'll see his ERA uh, and strikeouts over his high school career. It's absolutely absurd. Yeah, I, I, I think baseball is – you know, kind of not a simple game, but it does boil down to a lot of the times just the strength of your bullpen. Um, Tech has under Tadlock had one weakness, and that weakness has been, you know, year in, year out. Um, where are you going to go find, um, you know, consistent relief pitching? And, you know, a, a, a lot of what's happened to Tech lately is you get four or five good innings from your starters. And then you get to, you know, five, six, seven, and that's where teams are dropping like four spots on you. And that, that, that's obviously concerning. Um, it's early. So we'll see how the lineup shakes up. Uh, got guys will continue, continue to change. Gabetto Tadlock will continue to play with his rotation. Um, by the time you hit big 12 play, hopefully you're not still screwing around with it. Um, my bigger concern is, uh, Jace Young, I think he's so important mentally for this team. You know, he, he's being pitched differently. That, like, like you said, the teams teams are trying to take him out of the game, make somebody else beat them. He's been walked a decent amount. They're throwing junk at him, just trying to keep him from from changing the game um, with a swing of the bat, which he is more than capable of. And once he gets to the MLB and they can't do that anymore, he'll be dominant. But um, you know. I, I think for the mental state of this team, it's so important to feel like if he steps up to the plate, you know, magic's going to happen. Um, that was something Josh had with him. Jace had it last year. They, 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 those two brothers just have the ability when, you know, it, it doesn't matter what the count is. They never feel like they're behind. They, it just, it's smooth sailing. And I think for this team, it's important to have a guy like that. You know, uh, uh, they've had some guys step up. Ty Coleman having it one hell of a week. Um, I think he was newcomer of the week, multiple home runs. I think he was like 500 for, for the week. He's new, uh, he's newcomer and overall player of the week. Yeah. I mean, just, just didn't, and by the way, needed every one of those runs, you know, you, you, you've been in a couple of tight battles these last few games and, you know, you really needed his help, but you know, Jace Young is the guy that I think, you know, I, I would do. It used to be Josh Cam Warren was another guy who you kind of helped could do magic every time he came to the plate. You know, um, there, there's been guys like that the last few years. Tech's best teams and her Tadlocks have had more than one, but Jace is the guy I think everyone's gotten on to be most important. But Jack, I'll let you close this out here with just a question. I, I you know, we're so early that, that, that there's no way this answer is going to stay the same over the course of the year. But evaluating this team as compared to last year and the years before that, you know, how do we stack up here? I mean, the the, the your record isn't terrible. You dropped, you know, you actually managed to win a game at Globe Life, which you did not do last year's um, whatever tournament that was last year. Um, so, you know, how, how are all these teams stacking up? We're, we're, it, you're way, way early look at, you know, long-term trajectory of this team. It's really still unknown. Uh, I think a lot, a lot of what you said is very accurate uh, with Jace and him being, you know, kind of the, the lead uh, of this team, the, the leader of this team. I think that you'll see a lot more pitchers opting to pitch to him in that three spot in the lineup because right behind him in the four spot is Ty Coleman. And if Ty Coleman keeps hitting like he is 
and just absolutely shelling everything that gets close to him, I think you're going to have a pretty uh bad choice or it's a lose-lose situation really because you get to a point where you're saying oh well you know you right now we have Stillwell in the two spot who can hit uh young in the three spot and coleman in the four spot and guess what kurt wilson's in the fifth so i mean you have guys and really even with dylan carter leading off he had a leadoff home run the other day so you got guys one through five who can make you pay at any at any point in the game and you you can't avoid you can avoid maybe one possibly two hitters in a lineup if you really plan it correctly. You can't avoid five you can't avoid five people in a lineup. Um, but overall, if you're looking at it at an overall, I think you learn a lot about this team. And if and if people are listening that want to look ahead at games, uh, and I'm we'll cover it or I'll cover it next week. Texas Tech, actually a week from today, game one, uh, Tech plays Mississippi State in game one of a two-game series at what they call a neutral site, but it's in Biloxi, Mississippi, which is about two, I think, two and a half hours away from uh, Stark Vegas out there. But you get a lot more, uh, you know, telling – about what your team looks like. You get a lot more run about what you, with what you have uh, against SEC quality teams. Auburn was a great uh, test, and, you know, we lost that one two to one, but we were in the game the whole time, you know. So this is, this is when you learn a lot about your team. Midweek series, especially against the team that won the national championship last year. So... I would look for how Tech performs in that series, which is basically a home series for Mississippi State. Let's, I mean, let's not beat around the bush, call it like it is. It's, it's a home series for Mississippi State. So if you, can, if you can just stay in those games, possibly pull one out, I think you know a lot more about your team than you do now. Uh, right now, I think the starting pitching could improve a little bit, but it's been pretty solid so far. Um, at times your offense has gone a little, has been a little shaky, a little non-existent. Uh, you know, you scored only one run against Auburn and it took a little bit to get going against Michigan and it took a little bit to get going. Uh, and it really uh, didn't matter a whole lot, but it took a little bit to get going against Arizona too. It's just a, it's just a matter of these guys getting in grooves and getting, and getting comfortable with the pitching. That'll come as the season goes on. Um, overall, I, I honestly really do think it's too early to make a call. Um, I think last year you felt a little bit better just because you were familiar with the team and you knew what they brought to the table. You had, uh, you know, you had Cal Conley. You had at the beginning of the year at least. You had Dylan Noisy. You had Drew Baker. Uh, you know. You had Braxton Fulford, and you had, you know, like a decent starting staff. Not saying this one isn't, but you knew, like, you knew what Micah Dallas was going to bring every, uh, every start. You, I mean, you didn't really know Birdsell or Monteverde, uh, but you knew Mason Montgomery. And so I think it's more, if you have, if you hear any doubts, it's not because of the ability of the team, it's more because of the unknowns. 
And so right now, I think, like I said, I think you'll learn a lot. Tech plays four games this weekend at home against Merrimack. If you're in Lubbock, get out there. It's supposed to be beautiful this weekend. There's a doubleheader on Saturday, uh, 6.30 on Friday night. Go check out those new LED lights. I heard that there might be, like, if Tech hits a home run, they're going to start flashing those LED lights, which is going to be interesting, to say the least. But um, get out there, support them. You know, there are no more home basketball games. So if you're going to support a winning Tech program, Tech Baseball is a winning program, and, uh, you know, they'd love to have you out there. That's going to be our show for the evening. You know, we're, we're going to close it out here. And the last parting thought I'd like to, to, to put out there is, like Jack said, you know, part of what has allowed basketball, I think, to be what it was is just how, you know, the, the, the city rallied behind a program that, you know, most of the nation was kind of leaving out to pasture. Baseball doesn't have that same thing going on. You know, this has been a winning program under Tadlock for the last several years. It continues to be one of the more su- successful modern tech programs. Um, but, you know, Dan Law is not that big of a venue. You know, the, 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 this, this, I think it's like 4,500, 5,000 max. You know, this is not, we're not talking about selling out a 15,000, you know, seat basketball arena. And yes, midweek games, I don't expect to see sellouts that people are busy, these 2 PMs, you know, whatever. But for these weekend series, I would really love to see Lubbock show up. You know, that these are series that you we should be able to put at least 90 percent in the stands to watch a very, very good, very successful baseball program continue to try to make another run. Um, But that's our show for the night. I was Michael. I was here with Jack, Kendall and Reed. It was great to have the full team together. You'll hear from us again probably next week um, before the Big 12 tournament to see, you know, talk about what, you know, the bracket looks like. Um, I think at that point we'll know definitively more or less there, there is a chance that the big toe title is still in discussion. Um, but we, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll go over there. We're going to start putting out more and more baseball, focusing more and more on baseball. So hopefully you guys enjoyed the show tonight. Um, continue to read the articles on the site, continue to you know follow along with us, wreck them and have a good rest of whatever day it is you're listening to this.